We begin Advent this morning, and Advent is this time that moves us closer and closer to the manger. But lest we get there too quickly, on this first Sunday of Advent, we begin far off with the voice of the prophets. For this morning's reading to really sink in, I'd like you to think for a moment of a place in your life or in the world that felt or feels hopeless or uncertain. Maybe that's a tender ask, depending on what's going on in your life, but with gentleness toward yourself and the circumstance that comes to mind, I invite you to either close your eyes or pick a point in the room where you can focus without distraction. And then hear these ancient words from the prophet Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, then to comfort all who mourn to provide for those who mourn in Jerusalem, to give them a garland instead of ashes, oil of gladness instead of mourning, a mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called the oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations, their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being will exalt in God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation, covered me with the robe of righteousness, As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Come, Holy Spirit, heavenly dove, with all thy quickening power. Come shed abroad a Savior's love that it may kindle ours. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In 1962, musician Noel Renier wrote the lyrics to the classic Christmas song, Do You Hear What I Hear? 
If you have already set your Sirius XM radio station to the Christmas channel for the next 30 days, then you are bound to hear it. Made famous first by Bing Crosby, and then by the venerable Whitney Houston. We love it so much that it is on the staff Spotify Christmas playlist coming to you later this month. In the joy of this season, I find myself singing along in the car to this and other Christmas songs without giving a lot of thought to the meaning behind the words. There is a familiarity to Christmas music that can cause us to breeze past what God might want us to hear. It's just another Christmas song, right? But what happens if we listen, if we really listen to the meaning behind the words? Renier was a survivor of World War II. He lived in France and during the war was captured by the Nazis and forced to fight for the Germans against his own Frenchmen. He deserted and lived underground with the French resistance until the end of the war when he moved to New York. Music became his outlet, a source not just of inspiration but of healing. And years after the war, in 1962, during the height of the Cuban Missile Crisis, Renier was asked to write a Christmas song. At first he said he was unsure if he could even begin to write a song for this season until one night he was walking the streets and he saw babies being pushed in strollers down the streets of New York City. And he was overcome with the need for peace in the midst of a time of Cold War and very real fear. And he went home and he wrote this song. That opening line, do you hear what I hear, directs our eyes to a star, a star, dancing in the night with a tail as big as a kite. And it hearkens us to the hope of the star of Bethlehem, right alongside the fear of what a missile would look like in the night sky. But then the song brings us along and the closing petition, pray for peace, people everywhere, was his appeal for peace not just in Jesus' time, but in the midst of a geopolitical crisis of his day. After the song was made famous, Renier was interviewed several years later, and he commented, I am amazed that people can think they know a song and not realize it is a prayer for peace. But then he said, but we are so bombarded by sounds and our attention spans are so short and our attention spans have only gotten shorter. So what happens if we really listen? Do we hear what he heard? That's the question we're going to be asking ourselves throughout Advent as we try to tune our ears each week to a different voice in Scripture. What happens if we really listen to the prophets, the angels, children, the shepherds, the women in the story, do we hear what they hear? And do we hear what God is speaking through them? So we begin Advent with the voice of the prophets, the prophet Isaiah in particular. And just like with Do You Hear What I Hear, we have done a great job over the years of taking the words of the prophet 
and putting them to music so that they are joyful and delightful and grand and easy to listen to. The choir's selection from Handel's Messiah did that for us this morning. The glory of the Lord. And don't get me wrong, I love Christmas music. But perhaps it helps us to hear the words of the prophet again with fresh ears. Prophets are called to prophesy in a particular time and place, and Isaiah spoke into a particular historical uh, context with a word of comfort and challenge and hope. But what do his words really mean? To whom is he speaking? Sometimes when I'm struggling to make sense of the scriptures and the commentaries aren't quite doing it for me, uh, pastors do what they call phone a friend. And so I called an Old Testament professor, Brennan Breed at Columbia Seminary, and he had this to say about the prophets. He said, prophets have been active all throughout history, but prophets' words got written down when they contained signs of God's power and when they were the word of the Lord that does not fail. The prophet's words got captured on the scrolls back then. They are still held in our Bibles now because God's voice cut through the noise and the many competing voices of the day with a word, the word, that was powerful and true. Like good poetry, prophetic words are spoken into a particular time and place, but they also have a way of transcending time to speak a word of truth again and again and again throughout history. So we hear these words from the prophet Isaiah, these familiar words read every year in the season of Advent. And as Christmas lights are going up and we're pulling our nativity scenes out of boxes, we hear Isaiah's words with the promise of Christ's birth. A voice is crying out, prepare the way of the Lord. And we take that preparation for the arrival of baby Jesus seriously. We hear Isaiah say, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring good news to the oppressed, proclaim liberty to the captives, and release to the prisoners. And all our alarm bells and Scripture Bible class go off because these are the words that Jesus unrolled on the scroll in Luke's gospel when he began his public ministry. Jesus is the one for whom we wait. Jesus is the one God sent in the midst of empire and chaos and crisis to bring hope and salvation. Our faith tells us that that promise is true. But before these words of Isaiah were heard by the church, God spoke through the prophet Isaiah to the people of Judah in a time of exile, and again in a time of return. The words, comfort, comfort my people, that you heard Finley read, they were a source of balm in a time of displacement and fear and occupation. They were first spoken, not for our global situation today, but in 597 B.C., The Babylonians had exiled many of the Jewish people from Jerusalem from their home and their sense of place. And so to imagine, as Isaiah describes, a highway being cleared for God 
being prepared back to Jerusalem was a vision of hope that felt impossible for those who had been displaced. And yet Isaiah's words offered a kind of anchor, a connection to God in a time when everything felt literally foreign and hopeless. And yet their faith told them that God's promise was true. And that return from exile came some 60 years later. God spoke again through Isaiah in chapter 61 that we heard this morning. He spoke to the people as they returned home. But the challenge this time was different. As the displaced people of Judah returned, everything was not as rosy as it was promised. They were coming home, but home didn't look like they had left it. The elite class had been kicked out of Jerusalem, but the Israelite farmers, the ones the priest uh, Ezra called the people of the land, had stayed throughout the exile. And divisions were forming between those who had stayed and those who returned. There were, then as now, a plethora of opinions about how things should be. And not only that, but during that time, other people had moved in too. And this place that the exiles had once called home felt unrecognizable. And yet into that cultural melting pot, Isaiah spoke. And the prophet pointed to where God shows up amidst the oppressed, the brokenhearted, the captive, the mourning. God says to Israel, I am with you. I am with you amidst your pain, and I am with those others who are in pain as well. My spirit rests upon the oppressed, the brokenhearted, the captive, and the mourning, regardless of the lines that you may draw. And then, in response to this challenging situation, Isaiah calls the people to plant and build and raise up and repair, to love justice and plant gardens that will spring up before all the nations. Isaiah paints a vision of a future that was inclusionary and lavish and overflowing with new life and full of hope. He called for a city to be a house of prayer for all nations in a way that totally disrupted the hearers and that cut through all the divisions that had naturally formed. That message was as prophetic and radical then as it is today. Do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what God is speaking through the prophets long ago? And could it be that the word of the Lord rings true still today? I cannot help but hear these words in a time when we know that Israel and Palestine are at war. And many of you in the past few weeks have asked what voices you should be listening to or, Pastor, what side should I take? Because the rhetoric in the news and certainly on social media presents a conflict that is binary. Black and white, zero sum, as if the lines are clearly drawn. But the truth is the world is complicated and messy 
as messy as it was in Isaiah's time, and it is just as politically tense as it was when Jesus came into this world. The world is in a tremendous amount of pain. Our Jewish neighbors just around the corner are afraid and hurting. Palestinian civilians in Gaza are suffering, and in the midst of all of that pain, all of us want God to be on our side. There was a night in the middle of the American Civil War when the threat of the permanent division of the United States felt very real. And the story goes that President Lincoln was up at night pacing in his study by the fire, and you could tell that his spirit was unsettled and worry covered his face, but his secretary was in the room watching him. And he approached President Lincoln and he said, Mr. President, why are you worried? Don't you know that God is on our side? And President Lincoln stopped in his tracks and turned to face the secretary. And he said, sir, what keeps me up at night is not whether God is on our side, but whether we are on God's side. Lincoln understood the challenge of listening to God. What does it mean to listen, to really listen to the voice of the prophets today? What is it that God was speaking through these prophets so long ago, and can we still hear it? Rabbi Tamar Elad Applebaum shared in a recent interfaith call, she said, in the Jewish tradition, to listen is the first form of care. So for those of us who are trying to discern where to begin and how best to love our neighbors in this time, perhaps we begin by listening to those working toward the vision of God that Isaiah provides. Perhaps our call in this season is to spend some time reading Isaiah. The task of the prophet is to help us hear what God is speaking into the pain of the world. And I will warn you, for those of you who take this homework seriously, that it is not always an easy read. Prophets rarely hold back from speaking the truth, even if it's inconvenient and unpopular and sometimes harsh. But the prophet's job is also to point to where God is at work in a broken and fearful world so that we might be able to tune our ears to God's voice amidst the noise. And here's the good news. When we really listen to God speaking through the prophet Isaiah, we hear a voice of comfort, a voice of presence, and a voice of hope. So to be an Advent people of hope this year it's to stand in the place of the exiles of Jesus and then to put our feet on the very ground that we live on today and to remember that today is not so different from long ago, that there are too many who are hurting, who cannot imagine a future, certainly not a peaceful one, and yet the prophet helps us to trust that God speaks comfort to them and we can be part of that comfort. To be an Advent people of hope this year is to believe that God dared to come into a broken, warring world as a helpless baby who will grow up 
and draw near to the brokenhearted and the oppressed and the mourning, regardless of any identity markers that the world puts on them. And then to believe that God still draws near and shows up amidst those who are hurting today. To be an Advent people of hope this year is to listen to the prophets with fresh ears and to dare to sing, Do you hear what I hear? Said the king to the people everywhere, Listen to what I say. Pray for peace, people everywhere. Listen to what I say. The child, the child, sleeping in the night, he will bring us goodness and light. He will bring us goodness and light. May it be so. Amen.